Hi, listeners. I'm Irene Barton, Executive Director of the Cobb Collaborative, and I welcome you to Mind Your Mind Speaks. This is a podcast series that brings together subject matter experts and community leaders to help raise awareness, share resources, and inspire action through recorded conversations about mental health and well being topics. Today, we are delighted to welcome Dr. Gabriela Gonzalez to our program. Dr. Gonzalez, please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, I'm very excited to share my experiences um, with the Hispanic community um, uh, providing mental health services. A little bit about myself. Um, I was born and raised in Puerto Rico, San Juan. Um, I was an athlete all throughout my upbringing. So that was a huge core value in our family. I played college volleyball. Um, so I had a scholarship to go to the University of Puerto Rico. I did my bachelor's in psychology there. And I naturally followed kind of the athlete sports oriented mind. And I went for a master's degree in sports and exercise psychology after graduating from my bachelor's um, in Illinois State University. Um, So that was the first time I was living away from this tiny Caribbean island. I decided to move to the Midwest (laughs) to below freezing weather. Oh my gosh, where I'm going right. to guess not nearly as many people spoke Spanish. I nope, mean, no, no, I was definitely, yeah, I was definitely a unicorn. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I feel like that has been, for the most part, my experience in the mental mm-hmm. health field, which has kind of been hard to or challenging to find other providers that are of a similar background than me. Mm-hmm. And if it's difficult for me to find that, I can't imagine how difficult it must be for, you know, patients and, and clients to, to reach us. Mm-hmm. Um, so after doing my um, master's, I, I wanted to, I guess, reach a lot more people than just athletes. So I decided to pursue my doctoral degree um, in Florida, a little warmer <laughs> and a little closer to home. Yes. Um, so then I did my doctoral program at Florida Institute of Technology. Mm-hmm. Um, I did four years there. I specialized a lot of my schooling in assessment and testing procedures. Um, I did my internship. Finally, I went back home in Puerto Rico at the VA. Um, In an effort to kind of go back, I I thought at that time that, okay, this is it. I'm going to go back home, Puerto Rico. I'm going to, you know, put all this that I've learned into practice and serve Uh my community. But life had other plans. And my husband found a job in Atlanta. And this has been home for the past two and a half years. Oh, okay. So a a relative newcomer and oh Mm -hmm. my goodness, what a crazy two years it has been. (laughs) You had maybe half a year of quote unquote normal and then here we go. Exactly. And um, I did my, I did my post just finished um, a few, I guess like six or seven months ago, um, my postdoc. Um, So I started my postdoc, everything was normal, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. Um, a pandemic hit. I got pregnant. 
<laughs> and then I had a baby. I passed the test. So it's been quite a few years. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> These last two and a half to three years have seemed remarkable changes for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. definitely. And while um, our listeners won't have the benefit of seeing your beautiful face, you are <laughs> smiling. You are obviously um, a very loving and approachable person. Thank you. Thank so you. I'm sure that um, spills over into every aspect of your I life. I hope so. I do <laughs> so, hope so. Um, well, um, Gabriella, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. And um, officially welcome to the metro Atlanta area. Thank you. And thank hopefully you, you don't uh, feel as much like a unicorn as you might in um, the middle of I Illinois. But <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's a lot more diverse here. Yes, um, exactly. So, so that then, helps a lot. Yes. My husband and I, we actually met when we were both living in Miami. Oh, cool. Um, and so sadly, uh, neither one of us uh, learned how to speak Spanish um, during that. But time. you probably got the energy. <laughs> <laughs> but we have um, many dear friends um, cool. who are Spanish speaking and, mm -hmm. um, you know, we count them as extended family members. So, yep. um, all right. Well, um, Gabriella, you've mentioned it a couple of times and, and thank you for just bringing it up. So I'd like to just dive right in, in the particular areas that you focus on in your mm -hmm. practice. It, I'm sure you do some intentional outreach and connecting with the Spanish speaking population, with the Hispanic population in Metro Atlanta. Yeah. Um, there's a network of providers that I found early on in, um, my experience here in Atlanta um, through networking events um, that there's a listserv of solely Hispanic providers um, that we connect uh, through emails. We sometimes meet in person and have, you know, outings um, as a way to get to know what we, the services we provide, mm. um, the specific communities within the Hispanic population mm -hmm. uh, that we provide services to. Um, so it's been um, great support and I, and it's helped me facilitate, you know, sometimes I can't provide the service for a particular patient. So I'm sure. able to, you know, go to the internet or go, you know, to this networking listserv and, you know, give a shout out, you know, I, right. I, need, um, I need to help this person find X, Y, and Z. And so that has proven to be a lot more, you know, efficient and helpful. Oh, I'm sure. And there, I'm sure it gives you a degree of comfort to know that you're passing along a patient to someone who you have met, who right. um, has the same core values right. that you do and will treat that um, individual with the same way that you right. would. It's just right. that it, it's not a good fit. And people, right. I mean, patients are instructed to um, to find a therapist that they click with. Right. And that is true no matter what language right. you speak. And a lot of times, you know, some of, you know, providers have their areas of expertise. So mm -hmm. they might, I might feel more comfortable doing assessment procedures than um, actual talk therapy, mm -hmm. or I might not deal with a specific type of disorder. And I know of someone that's like, bomb at, you know, treating yes. whatever it is. So, you know, I can recognize my areas and those of other providers and do the right, you know, connections there. 
Mm-hmm, absolutely. So do you still have a focus on um, athletes or they are one, um, one part of your population, but not a right, huge right. part? I've, I've, you know, distanced a little bit uh, myself from solely the, the athlete population. I do a lot of uh, neuropsychological testing. So we see a lot of athletes with concussions and head injury and head trauma. So that's where I kind of continue to uh, affect the, the community, the athlete population. But I'm, I'm mostly trying to, you know, broaden uh, my mm-hmm. scope and the people I reach. Um, so I, I, I can say now that I see mostly, you know, people across, you know, whatever yeah. background. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, let me just get right to it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Gabriella and ask you, is there a stigma around mental health in the Latin community? Mm-hmm. And, if there is, and I'm going to guess that your answer is going to be yes, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Do you think COVID has changed that as we've seen so many um, kind of high profile people, um, some athletes to mm-hmm. your point um, and um, embrace, people, yes, mm-hmm. and pop culture type of yeah. people um, talk about mental health and be much more open about it? Do you think so? Kind of a two-part question there. Mm-hmm. So regarding stigma, you know, some of the, you know, I, I did a little bit of research and from my own experience with, you know, patients, it's not too different from the stigma that majority groups face. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, mental health continues to be, especially in um, the more seasoned generation or the older mm-hmm. generation where it, it wasn't talked about. There is very little information about, you know, the benefits of having, you know, good mental health and well-being. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do see that it's it's similar, right? Yeah. There's the okay. stigma of, you know, the crazy or, you know, there's something wrong with you or you don't talk about that. Yeah. Um, so while that is not, the stigma is not unique to the Hispanic population, mm-hmm. what is unique to Hispanic and I assume other minority groups is the challenges and barriers to get that mental health support. Yes, um, so, so we see language barriers, we see socioeconomic barriers, we see acculturation, um, legal barriers that get in the way of um, Hispanics and other minority groups of getting uh, the mental health services that they, they need. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't remember the second part of the question. Um, do you think the pandemic has changed uh, that as we've seen some high profile people right. come out and just be candid, be right. transparent about their own struggles. Right. I think that for, I, I see it a lot in the younger crowd. I do mm-hmm. see that the younger generation is a little, is, is more embracing of, of, of dealing with these issues, even before they become issues. I've seen mm-hmm. patients come into my office and say, yeah, my friends are just, you know, started to go to therapy and I wanted to give it a shot too. So, you know, that's why I'm here. And a lot of it is self-exploration and there's times where it's just, okay, where do I go now? (laughs) What do Mm -hmm. I do? You know, kind of like organizing your thoughts, getting to Mm -hmm. know your actual wants and needs. Um, 
and and yeah, COVID has spiked um, the the interest in receiving these services. I think virtual uh, providing services virtually has also improved the accessibility of it. Yes. You know, a lot of people work, but they can take you know a forty five minute lunch break, and you know, there's there's so much more. I guess, uh, more malleability you can do with your time mm-hmm. when you're working from home that it, it, it's helped it tremendously for people to access yes. um, services. Well, I guess that is one silver lining, isn't it? I know. Um, <laughs> I know. Unfortunately, it took yes. a pandemic, um, no, but, but, but it's, it, it, it's encouraging that people are, are opening up to the idea of receiving support. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I found it interesting what you said, um, Dr. Gonzalez, about the young people um, mm-hmm. um, kind of exploring, because I, I really think about the impact of this. Um, and I'm sure you've seen the same information that I have, that um, suicide ideation has really increased in that young adult population. And if you really want to hammer it down into it between, say, the years of 17 to 24 and you know, older people like myself have the perspective of a lifetime. Um, I won't say how many decades, but a lot of decades. And so, you know, I, I see this as two years, two plus years um, in my entire lifespan. But for a younger person, two years is a significant part of their life. It's life-changing. It is. I mean, this is the third school year that has been impacted. And don't tell me that there's not still going to be repercussions in the next school year that starts in August slash September around here. And so I'm sure they feel that their entire world order, um, if you will, has been upended. And where do I fit in now? Is this always going to be my reality? Right. And there's a lot of, you know, replanning that has to be done, you know, kids that thought that they were going to go to one school and now their grades are falling down and now they can't. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just complete restructuring of what we thought or what they thought life was going to be like. I think it's also, you know, there's so many contributing factors too. We have social isolation, but then we're so interconnected via social media, especially the younger crowd. So we see these people having these amazing lives on TikTok and we're here quarantining in a pandemic. So it's, it's just weird and confusing and it's, it's very disturbing for a lot of the younger crowd. It is. I had a um, podcast guest a few weeks ago and he talked about social media Mm -hmm. and one of the approaches that he uses just really stuck with me, you know, reminding young people that the picture of that person that you see on Instagram or Snapchat, maybe not so much TikTok, like (laughs) they've, they've taken 25 pictures and they have selected the best one. And Um, then edited it. (laughs) Yes. And then edited it. So the lighting is perfect. Their hair is perfect. Their um, friends who may or may not really have been their friends that were out there and here. And then you are comparing that ideal to your reality, which may be that your parents or caregivers have said, we don't go out. Um, We, you know, we're not going out to restaurants. um, No socialization, you know, our primary um, task is to 
keep our families safe. And, and what if you have an older grandparent or something that's living with you, then you really have to, right? And so the comparison and c- contrast there. That's yeah. such a rebellious stage of development too, yes. right? We're thinking our teenage, early adulthood, we're kind of like going rogue, thinking, yes. you know, we know everything, we can do anything, we're invincible. And then it's like, no, there's a pandemic. <laughs> yes. And I put some framework, perhaps some barriers around us. Yeah. So um, Dr. Gonzalez, at the Collaborative, we are fortunate to partner with some wonderful individuals and organizations. And now we can count you in in that mix that work with our Latin community in Cobb. And I'm thinking of school social workers, faith leaders, other nonprofits, and and other sectors of our community. can, can you talk a little bit about that? You talked about your own network that you have in the mental health field, but really, I guess what I'm getting at is, are the issues that the Hispanic community, Spanish-speaking community that they deal with, are they vastly different? And we've hit on this a little bit already, um, somewhat different. Are, there, are the differences um, more in um, generations and acclimation to living in in the states? Right. Um, The Hispanic community or Latino community, and we use these two terms sometimes interchangeably, Latino or Latina and Hispanic. Mm -hmm. A lot of times people will make the differentiation in Hispanics is because you speak Spanish. So you could be from Spain, not Mm -hmm. necessarily Central America or, or, or South America. Um, and Latino being from, you know, the Latin, you know, Latin uh, so a, American. B- a broader umbrella, um, Latin. Or, or, or only from the Latin American context. I see. Okay. Okay. Um, and you. so I might use them interchangeably. Okay. Um, so we, it's a very diverse population here in the U S we almost make up 20% of the population, which it sounds, yeah, for a minority group, we're quite large. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of us. I mean, that's, um, that's one in five people. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and uh, what's interesting about that, this group or our group, um, is that we have Cubans, we have Dominicans, we have Puerto Ricans, we have Mexicans, we have, you know, Equator- we have people from everywhere mm-hmm. um, with very different um, needs. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see, you know, and from my experience as a Puerto Rican, a lot of times it's like, well, we're U.S. citizens. We have the ease, the, the ease of, you know, coming to the continental U.S. and 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 I guess getting a, a head start because we don't have to go through such a, a tedious and difficult and at times traumatizing legal process to mm-hmm. to have that citizenship. So Puerto Ricans may face different concerns and stressors than um, um, Mexican or other, Mm -hmm. you know, people that have to go through this process. Um, And I can, as a Puerto Rican, I guess, speaking from from what I know from my culture is the belonging, right? We are U.S. citizens and at the same time, are we? <laughs> do yeah, you, yeah. right? It's mm-hmm. like, do you, do you even know? Do you, so it's, it's mm-hmm. kind of like that feeling like a stranger in your own country. country yeah. um, so, so that might be uh, an issue that's, that's special or, or remarkable mm-hmm. about Puerto Ricans within. Mm-hmm. So, 
I guess is what I'm saying is every group within the Hispanic community can have very unique um, mm-hmm. uh, needs. Right, right. As I um, reflect, as you were speaking, um, mm-hmm. and I mentioned earlier that my husband and I met when we were both living in Miami. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, it was like our peers, some of our peers, parents, like they fled Cuba, right? Right. And so that's a different experience um, than than your experience. Yeah. And then different than the people who are fleeing um, gangs and other sorts of issues from Honduras and other countries um, in that Latin American um, and in the isthmus there. um, And then what's going on in um, Venezuela and other countries. And then, of course, we have our Brazilian friends who are speaking Portuguese. Um, So that's different. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, So, so yeah, I think, you know, one of the the important thing is to and I think it's at times I think so should we only treat like as a Hispanic provider, should I focus my practice on only providing? So like, is that, is that important to have that sameness with my patient? And at times I find myself answering yes, right? Mm -hmm. It is important for a provider to have something, right? That connects Mm -hmm. you to that patient. Mm -hmm. It can work if we're from very different groups. It can definitely work. It's it's been proven. It it has worked before, but there is an efficiency with with rapport building. Mm, You know, with that trust being established a little bit more quicker, so that we can get to working Mm -hmm. um, faster than maybe if I were you know providing services for someone that I'm not as familiar with the whole that I don't look like, or um, like I said, it can be done. It just might take a little bit more time. Yeah, fair fair enough. Good point. Excellent. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, So Gabriella, if somebody was looking for help, where should they go? Should they, if they are fortunate enough to insure, um, have insurance, should they check with their um, carrier and see who is covered first? Um, Mm -hmm. Can they- I typically, um, when I get some of the phone calls of patients requesting services, a lot of the times, like we said, there's financial barriers and Mm -hmm. insurance barriers that Mm -hmm. um, get in the way. So if that is the case, I usually encourage them to consult their PCPs. They might have a big network too. At times they go to clinics that are, you know, that provide services specific to minority groups. So they might have bigger networks with other uh, minority providers. So they could be a great resource and also insurance panels. Um, You know, that's what we pay insurance for. Mm -hmm. They could be able to provide us with that support as well. Um, of a list of, of, of services or that are, you know, in Spanish or, you know, whatever right. it might be. Right. Great. Thank you. Thank you mm-hmm. for that. Um, as our time together draws to a close, is there anything that I didn't ask you that I should have? Um, 
I don't know. Uh, I think we covered a lot um, in such a little time. Of course, yes. this could be a conversation of hours and even yes. courses yes. In, in school, right? How to mm -hmm. you know, provide Absolutely. culturally sensitive, but it's a great window to such an important topic, right? Um, and um, I appreciate the invite. Um, and hope that we can continue, you know, having these conversations. And absolutely, let's count on it. Let's yeah. do that. Absolutely. Um, well, um, Dr. Gonzalez, thank you so much. Um, again, a warm welcome to the Metro Atlanta um, area, and we look forward to um, seeing more of you around the collaborative. Thank you. And listeners, thank you for tuning in today. And to be sure that you don't miss any future episodes please subscribe to our Mind Your Mind Speaks podcast. Also, we ask you leave us a review on Apple. Until next time, remember there is no health without mental health. Please mind your mind and keep an eye on the loved ones in your lives.